0: If you go into a local tackle shop in, oh, I don't know, probably within 150 to 200 miles of this area of the Panhandle, you have probably seen his rigs. They're kind of eye-catching, and they're extremely useful. So this week, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to Mr. James Pemberton of Frisky Fins on the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. we got a lot of cool things to talk about, so you know there's going to be a lot of tips. So I hope you brought your pen and paper, and you're going to get a lot of information out of this. If you're on the beach, I hope you're listening, too, and you got a rig in the water because this is going to be fun. All right. listen to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. Let's get after it. <laughs> Week. The weekend is here. Well, anyway, when it drops, it's the weekend. So hopefully, you're out there enjoying yourself. It's Friday. It's going to be a good day. Well, wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I hope you're doing well. I hope things are going great. I hope you're maybe fishing or you're just coming out of fishing or going to it. Either way, I hope everything's good. So that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said in the intro, we are talking to Mr. James Pemberton of Frisky Fins. You can find him on. Pretty much all your social media outlets just by the name, Frisky Fins. And if you don't know who he is or what he is about, what he makes, don't worry. By the end of this episode, I promise, you'll be well-versed. So without further ado and delay, <laughs> welcome to the show, James. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, couldn't. I've been waiting for this. Like We were talking pre-show. I'm like, man, I know I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him. It's going to be great. So I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little too pumped up. So oh,
1: that's uh, all right. I'm glad to be here. Glad to, glad to finally be on with you.
0: Oh, thanks, brother. All right. So let's just, let's get right into it.
1: Um, what got you into fishing? So fishing has basically been in my blood since the day I could walk. There are <laughs> multiple pictures of me and diapers and even one in a stroller. Of me holding fishing pole, fishing. I, I I've been doing it since before I could walk. Um, growing up in South Florida, I was born and raised in West Palm Beach, Florida, and started started being taken to local ponds and lakes, um, catching largemouth bass, brim things like that, and slowly transitioned into saltwater when I got a little bit older and could handle, you know, catching a little bit bigger fish and it, it's been it's been a journey ever since that's not a bad way to start <laughs> <I> mean, getting
0: <laughs> I mean getting the cyclic knowledge when we're growing up and you're starting out that way did that explain so much to me now so now now i understand why you're so good okay well played <laughs> so you start yeah. so you started in the freshwater in the pond side what brought you to the surf
1: so i've always been a uh i, I call it, always kind of wanted to one-up myself. Um, Fresh water was fun, catching bass, you know, brim, things like that. that. That was always fun, but I always wanted the bigger fish. I always wanted the better experience. Um, catching Jack Cravel was one of my earliest memories and kind of, it was then Lantana, Florida. Um, I can remember landing what I thought was a massive uh, Jack Cravel, maybe five, six pounds. But um, just the tug, the, the pull, the, the energy of a saltwater fish is really what caught my interest. And honestly, I've never looked back. Um, if I'm bored, I'll go trout fishing where I am. Um, but very, very rarely will you ever see me freshwater fishing. It, it's all saltwater from here on out pretty much.
0: <laughs> I'm not even a little surprised. And, you know, speaking of that, I got to digress here because this is a funny thing. It, it's like when we get people down here in, into the Gulf uh, that have never done saltwater fishing, uh, you know, it's always that question. What do you catch? It's like everything you you never know. It's we're going to catch big pompano. We're going to catch these Spanish. Hell, we can catch sharks and, and stops. Instant stop. You, you mean you really can <laughs> Oh, but every fish, I mean, even catfish at times, on a 12-foot rod, it is still a hell of a pull.
1: It's- yeah, and, and pound, pound for pound saltwater fish, most, like you said, most saltwater fish are just, they're fun to catch. They're just a thrill. I mean, it's Spanish mackerel. Blue, even a blue runner, you know, a blue runner on a light rod going for pompano, like jigging rod or something like that. A, a blue runner is really fun to catch, and that's and when I'm fishing, that's what it's all about for me. I want to have fun, I want to enjoy it, I want something to pull the line. I just don't get that in fresh water, and, and salt water is you never know what's going to be there, and it's usually something fun either yeah, way.
0: Yeah, I always seem to notice when, for blue runners. It's always a double up. Did, did you have uh-huh. you run into
1: that? Oh yeah, yeah, those things travel in schools.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs>
1: definitely.
0: <laughs> uh, I hate to say it, I'm actually looking forward to them this year. I'm, uh, I, I, I do like the taste of them. They're not horrible.
1: So I've never eaten one, but there were some monsters that we were catching today, uh, pushing close to a pound. I mean, there was pound and a half. There were some big boys out there this morning.
0: Nice man. Yeah, because you were, we were talking pre-show. So when you were fishing today, you were you were pier fishing, right?
1: Absolutely. We were on the P- uh, Gulf Shore State Pier, um, went out to target Pompano. Uh, one of the products that I sell is a Pompano jig. So went out to try out some new colors and new teasers, and uh, within a few minutes realized that that wasn't going to be feasible with all the Spanish around, but uh, there were some big blue runners uh, coming up on the pier as well. So
0: Now i got to ask, did the Spanish hit the, the Goofy?
1: Absolutely. That's all I was using oh, the entire day. Oh my gosh! Uh, oh no, so they're gone. Took the teaser off. Yep. So I, I took the teasers off because they'll they'll just destroy the the thread on the teasers. But half ounce uh, seemed like they wanted. So I do a white with a gold uh, glitter, and then I do a white with an orange glitter, and they were they were all over them. Uh, working them kind of slow on the bottom, and usually hit them on the fall. They were they were all over them.
0: So that's something that I've. Well, I'll personally admit, um, I've had problems with them in the surf. I've never taken them to the pier. Uh, I know that I've been told by other people, like, dude, just take it out there. It works. Um, when you're throwing it, when you're throwing the goofy jig, the banana jig, I mean, how many other names for this thing? I mean, Pompano jig.
1: <laughs> Wiggler jig. There's, there's a couple of them. <laughs>
0: yeah. So when you're throwing yeah. these, um, I've heard, you know, what if you could do it kind of like a diamond jig. You can turn and burn it. Um, but it's not as effective. Whereas if you're doing the jigging, like you're just doing a pop, pop, pause, pop, pop, pause, uh, even with a little speed, you're, you're kicking up the dirt a little bit, and it's almost like a shrimp uh, profile, I guess, for the fish, and they just go right after it. And then when you have the teaser, it's just that extra little like, oh, I, I want that. Um, h- how do you like to work the jig?
1: So the my main technique would be I, I don't bomb cast them when i'm on the pier i, I cast maybe 20 30 yards i kind of want to keep it at, at a certain angle um always let it hit the bottom you want to use the you want to use the weight that'll get to the bottom fast but you also want it to look natural um, three eighths and half ounce are, are my preferred if I, I if i have to fish a one ounce that's kind of pushing it for me um, but i like to let it hit the bottom pop it two or three times and let it go back down. I, I don't move it again until I feel it hit the bottom. Um, like you said, your the idea is to make it look like a, a sand flea kind of rustling in the sand or a little crab or a little shrimp. And those are always on the bottom. Um, and with the teaser, I tie it on with a loop knot. So I do about a two inch loop knot and 90% of your bites for pompano are gonna come on the teaser. Um, if you think about the way the jig is moving in the water, the jig is heavier than the teaser obviously. So when you pop it up, the first thing to go down is gonna be the te- or the, the jig and then the teaser will actually float kinda on top. So when the pompano are feeding down, they actually strike the teaser more often than the jig. Um, so I actually feel that the jig color is the attractive and then the teaser is actually where the hook really needs to be and, and not as much in the jig.
0: Okay. So when yours are tied, you do um the hook isn't the same direction. You you do opposing sides, if I remember correctly, when I saw the last one. Yes. Right. Yeah, I do I do the opposite. Okay. But it's you know, that two inch loop knot is giving you that movement for a little bit of sliding because it's not a fixed point, it's gonna move around and, and you want it to do that. Reset. That... Absolutely. Okay. Cool, man.
1: Yeah. Right. yeah. So I've been definitely doing that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of us have it, it, and and it's a skill. There's a lot of people that do it really well. I'm not one of them. You know, I, I I'm not a master uh, pompano jig user, but there are some people that it is a pleasure to watch them fish a jig. Um, it's there's just something about catching pompano on a jig. There's just it's a different bite. They fight different. It's it's hard to explain, but it it's a thrill. I, and I love it.
0: Oh man, I can only imagine with that. And, and I know a lot of the jetty guys are—they swear by them. Uh, you know, they're out there with those, and they're just turning and burning all day with with a pompano or goofy jig,
1: just popping oh, and yeah. going. I love it. So I, you know, if that's if that's the only way that I could fish, I, that I'd be fine with it. Oh, bold!
0: Very bold, sir. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yep. In the surf. um, a little bit different game because you know you got to get it a little bit further out. Uh, but even in that first 30, we know there's plenty of fish. We, we I can not, yeah, I, I find it amazing how many people overlook the first 50 yards of the the water area. Uh, mm-hmm. and throwing a jig in there, you're still looking at whiting. Um, well, hell, croaker will come in, we, even a red will probably go after it. Any, any surprises? Um, have ever been reported to you on one of the jigs uh
1: not really surprises but last year um, i actually received a, a picture of somebody that caught an 18 inch flounder oh. um, who yeah they were just bouncing it in that first trough you know kind of slow rolling it and put it right on top of one i guess um, but yeah it was a that that's a nice surprise Def, definitely a nice surprise
0: oh yeah i mean flounder are curious as it is but they're it takes him a second to go after something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he just said he was slow rolling it, just kind of, you know, more of a tap, tap pause. Um, and I don't think you need as much of a pause because um, it's more of a reactionary bite. But I guess he just kind of put it right on top of one, and you know, the it it took it.
0: It's never a bad day to catch a flounder in the surf.
1: No, <laughs> definitely not. So let's flounder move. anywhere around here.
0: Oh man, yeah. I've I've only, I mean, caught one keeper. The rest of them, you know, the accidental. Like, sorry, really sorry mm-hmm. that you were there. Um, yep. But that's really it, it's a whole different fight too. It's it feels funny. It, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it just doesn't act like anything else.
1: Yeah, and you got to be patient. You know, that's the. I, I think that's where I and a lot of people, even when you're live baiting for them, you got to. Uh, just, just slowly move that mud minnow or, you know, whatever lure, it's just, it takes so much patience and I I don't think a lot of people have it. Honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't target them. (laughs) I mean, mine,
0: mine was on a crab knuckle, uh, on the bat on the bottom part of my Pompano rig. So, (laughs) hey, eat it, go for it. I'll, I will bring you in. (laughs) Absolutely. So let's continue on about your, uh, your fishing styles. When you're going to go out, uh, when you're basically at the beach, what do you look for when you're picking a spot to fish?
1: So I am not an early morning person. I I am never there. (laughs) I am never there at first light. I am never there 30 minutes before first light. So when I get there, honestly, I'm looking for open beach. I'm looking to get away from people, uh, And if there happens to be a cut or a good rip somewhere, obviously that's where I'm gonna fish, but I'm more or less looking to be far away from people and just kind of secluded to myself. Um, I, I think that in certain times of the year, location is key, absolutely key in the middle of summer where the fish are very far and few in between, but right now they're everywhere. And my goal is to just enjoy my time on the beach, to get away from people.
0: All right, good call, I like that. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right, because they're everywhere. And we love they you guys. Are. We love you guys for going to the beach. We do. We have no ill will towards you. We just want to be away from you because you're spooking all the fish and getting in exactly exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um. You know. Obviously, I want. You know. If I can't. If I have it perfectly, it's away from somebody deeper pocket uh sandbar i like having a deep sandbar personally um i don't i like you said earlier that first 50 yards i think it's very overlooked so if i can fish if my first sandbar is 75 yards away i'm fine with that i don't need to cast over that sandbar um i i fish close anyway in general so i like i like a deeper sandbar preferably there's a little outflow there and Away from people. I mean, I can't stress how much I enjoy being away from people when I surf fish.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of thinking you're you're saying something here, but yeah. Uh, but where you're at, you. I mean, you're normally in Alabama when you come down here and visit. You're you're normally over on the Gulf Shore side. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think I'm right, but I could be wrong. Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. You You you've got a lot to contend with with condos and um, homes. So I mean, you're you're fighting either way for the most part, right?
1: absolutely um and and there's still there's still some spots um you've seen my car you know i i have the big four-wheel behemoth um and and that's honestly why we have it um if i have to walk a mile away from condos or if in between condos where the condo goers aren't going to go that that's where i'm going to walk um there's still a few places in the area of fort morgan there's still a lot of open land down there, um, but I'm just trying to get as far away from people as possible.
0: Yeah, man, I, I get it. I absolutely get it. With your going out and, you know, you get to your spot, how do you set up your gear? And, I mean, uh, with that, uh, what rods are you normally using? What rigs do you uh, how do you, well, I know what rigs use, um, <laughs> what, how do you set your rigs up and what do you like to bait with?
1: Yes. So I, if, if it's just me fishing, um, I take no matter what, I take six rods every, every time I go to the beach, if I'm planning to be there for a while, I take six rods. I take two 12 foot, two 11 foot and two nine foot, um, all custom rods. They're all, all made by, all made by me. Um, on ninja ninja tackle dagger blinks, um, I like to stagger rods like most people, but I do mine with my two uh, far rods. I do my twelve footers on the left and the right side. I cast those pretty much as far as I can, and then on the inside, I only fish four total. So then I'll bring, uh, depending on the weather, either either bring be my two nine foots are in the middle or my two eleven foots are in between, um, and I'll cast out. Maybe seventy-five percent, and then the second rod will be fifty percent, covering all the water levels. And once one of them starts to get bit, which usually is the is the longer rods, um, I'll start to move rods, you know, deeper, closer, depending on depending on where they are. Um, I like spinning reels. After a couple uh, experiences with conventional, I think I might actually transition to conventional and be one of the very few people in the the golf that uses them but that's wow. that's for next season probably well,
0: look at you there's, <laughs>
1: oh. there's just there's just something about i i forgot how much i like casting a conventional reel which
0: one know. which one were you casting that got you back to be like ooh,
1: i missed you so it was i, I think it's it's akios or i'm not sure how you pronounce akios akios um but they are they're smooth they are yeah, they're they are. smooth casters with some 17 pound mono, and I was having some fun with it over the, over the weekend.
0: Nice. So. What, what were you? Was it the the chameleon, the six five six?
1: It was. Yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, that. So Burford got me on that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I, uh, I won a rod from him, and uh, a rod and reel combo, and it came with a six five six, and I I, I know I, I got 25 pound hybrid line on there. I'm like, I just can't figure it out. And now I'm realizing after talking to more people like, dude, you're just, no, you need different line. You need to do this because if you do these all right, it's going to go a country
1: mile. Absolutely. And that's, and and again, you know, you don't always, you know, we all know that you don't have to cast 150 yards every day, but it's, it's nice to be able to have that option. Um, Everybody laughs. I don't get in the water. I, I am not somebody who. Steps foot in the ocean. It's there's sharks in the water, and I, I respect that, and I don't get in. So I I need every inch of casting distance I can get um, to make it to the backside of that bar. So it's like talking
0: to myself. Like no, no, <laughs> up here I'm the apex predator. In there, uh, uh, I
1: I went down a couple rings. Uh, you are uh, you are speaking my language. <laughs> I do. I I probably haven't been waist deep in the ocean since I was ten years old. <laughs> I, I just won't do it. <laughs> Oh uh,
0: it, it was for me it was my late thirties, early forties, and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Now I'm gonna stay here. Appreciate yeah. you.
1: yeah <laughs> Uh and then as far as bait goes, um over here in, in Alabama, shrimp just seems to work. Um I've never surf fished anywhere else that shrimp works so good for Pompano. Yeah. Um fish bites, fish gum. I think they're about the same as far as what you get out of it. Um, Fish bite seems to last a little longer on the hook. Fish gum seems to attract a little bit quicker. So it just depends if I wanna throw a rod out and not touch it for 45 minutes an hour, you know, fish bites is going on there. If if I don't mind, the fish are kinda hot and heavy and fish gum's probably gonna go on the hook. Um, I've tried crab knuckles haven't really had any success with it um and i'm a little too lazy to pump ghost shrimp if i could buy those from a bait shop i would but it's mainly <laughs> a synthetic bait and shrimp for me that's that's what i'm fishing
0: hey, man, yep man, hell up and down this line here you're that's a lot of things which you're going to see up in this area so mm-hmm. if y'all are coming down here really there's a reason the bait shops keep fresh dead shrimp
1: yep oh yeah <laughs> i mean that's useful that's key yep and it catches everything you know it'll it'll catch whiting um you know i I hate to say it but it'll catch catfish it'll catch blue runners it'll catch ladyfish. it anything that's swimming by if you're out there just to have a good day and you got family friends you throw a piece of shrimp on there and a little bit of synthetic bait you're gonna catch something i mean that you're gonna have some fun Mm -hmm.
0: Ah, you you ain't wrong
1: that's for sure (laughs)
0: So what has been the most impactful thing that you've learned about surf
1: fishing? Reading the beach. um, I used to be that person that just walked out and casted where it looked fishy, you know, quote unquote. (laughs) Yeah. Learning how to read the beach and really seeing why certain people uh, caught more fish than others when they were you can, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. You can be in the middle of six people, 20, 30 rods in the water, and there's one guy who's catching fish. Um, he hopefully, you know, maybe he just lucked up and walked into a spot, but reading the beach, reading the outflows, reading the currents, it, it has changed pompano fishing for me. Um And I say that in a, I think this time of year, you you know, right in the middle of the run, I don't think it's as important. I always think it is important, but in June, July, August, when they're, the fish are so scarce. If you can be in the right spot, it gives you 10 times uh, the, you know, I I think you're going to be so much more successful if you're in the right spot in certain times of the year
0: you know? uh well, speaking of that so let's talk about this for a second because reading the beach is so important and I, I know this is a podcast we don't have any visuals for you people <clears throat> but um this is something I do and I wanted to see if you do the same thing cuz I think you probably do cause most of us uh, that I fish with or fish around they say the same thing so you walk up and you you've got the outflow you know you can see a decent cut in the waves you you know it's not crashing so you're like okay I know I have a rip here um if I'm close to that rip, I'm normally bombing left of it and right of it, and I'm not bombing the center field of it. Absolutely. Okay, so yep. you do the same thing.
1: Yep. The, I I mean, in my just in my opinion, I feel that the water gets pulled out and pushed left and pushed right, and that's where everything's getting pulled. That's where I want my bait to be sitting. Oh. Um, if I was the you know free line of bait or Maybe put a you know very small uh, egg sinker and let it roll with the current. I might try in the middle, but everything is getting pulled to the left. Everything's getting pulled to the right. There's no reason why my bait shouldn't be in that in that outflow right there.
0: Yeah, makes absolute sense. Uh, yep. I think it's the one one of the easiest misconceptions that I've come up with that will help for me when I first started when I was looking at rips was oh you got to bomb the rip dead center it's like, no 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 no. you want to be to the edges because those fish are hiding on those edges of that now granted it's not a deep cut and super highway you've got a bit of it but you're going to want to bomb the sides
1: yep okay. yeah absolutely you know the, the, fish, the fish want an easy meal they don't want to sit in that turbulent water and they don't want to fight the current the rip current they want to sit on the edge and wait for it to get pushed to them
0: Yeah. Those poor Coquina Clams just getting sucked out. Just w- waiting <laughs> for do a pompano. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. <laughs> those poor fish. Well, speaking of those poor fish. Oh, yeah. Mm, gotta love that sound. Mm. Oh, yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is your first bait check call for today. It has been 25 minutes. That means it is time to reel those lines in. Well, that's what I do. That's me. Uh, But get that bait checked. If it's still good, awesome. If it's off the hook, hey, get it back on there. If you had some shrimp on there that came off, perfect time to re-tip it. Get that done. Throw it back out there. This number one bait check was brought to you by Ninja Tackle VA. So Ninja Tackle, as we're talking about it, which is kind of convenient, (laughs) James builds on their blanks. But uh, they have so many more things besides just rods. They've got rods, reels, rigs, apparel, and uh, some other fun things, which we can talk about another time. But head on over to ninjatackleva.com, and you'll be able to find all those things at your fingertips waiting for you to ge- get to use. All right. Back to the fun. Now, so we nailed that one. Uh, let's talk about your rods, which is actually a perfect segue. Man, things are just getting better here. Well, <laughs> actually, kind of a double. What came first for you? Was it the rods or the rigs? Rods.
1: Okay. Um, I've been building rods for myself, just kind of getting into it for probably 15 years, Um, you know, 13, 14 years, somewhere in that area. But it was definitely, definitely the rods. Um, I've always really liked, really liked doing those.
0: Okay. I know this question wasn't on there. But now I'm going to ask it. What was the first rod you made?
1: <laughs> so I was actually thinking about that a little while ago. <laughs> so it was a complete mistake and a complete disaster. Yes! it were, I know. I still have it. So I'm never going to get rid of it. That's awesome. Wait, Do you still fish well, it, though? No, no, there's okay. no way. I, I would never, never take it out of, of the garage ever again. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, it was a clearance brown blank. Um, I can't. I think I got it from Mud Hole. I have no idea what the manufacturer is, but it was a nine foot steelhead rod. And I had no idea, you know, when I first started building what you know what I needed, and um, it was a brown blank. And I put the reel seat upside down. It was it was a casting reel. I put the reel seat upside down. Um, okay. I did rattlesnake skin which I thought was going to be really cool and I watched a bunch of reviews and I hacked it uh, the bottom it, it's all uneven there's big spots you can see where I like cut little pieces of it to like push it in the holes and <laughs> um, yeah I wrapped it with some purple and brown thread which I thought looked awesome at the time and now, now that I look back at it it's just what was I doing? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but it caught fish. It worked. You know where, where we live in Northwest Arkansas, there, there's a very healthy uh, blue cat and channel cat population, and we took that thing out all the time. And I caught—I've caught hundreds of catfish on that rod. But it's yeah, it, it, it's a—it's uh, a wall hanger now. There, it's not coming out anymore. <laughs> but it's—I mean, I'm sure it's fun to look back and like
0: remember that's where we were this is where we are things are absolutely
1: you know there there, there's been a lot of a lot of learning curve since that first rod and i think i did two if i remember i think i did two of them like back to back and i was so proud of both of them and i think the other one broke i'm not 100 percent sure um but yeah it's it's come a long way from that first brown steelhead rod so why did you want to make rods uh i saw a custom rod online um stumbled across it just happened to go on a website i think it was actually like uh, bloody decks outdoors or something like that and it was actually a it was a, a rod with a uh rattlesnake skin rod with the head actually still on the the snake kind of coming out of the, the handle And it just intrigued me. I started doing research. I I'm somebody who, once I start something, I will never, I I can never get enough information. I I'll do research for days, weeks, months. And it just became a, an obsession almost that I wanted to do something like that. Um, Got a rod wrapper for Christmas from uh, my father and just bought a couple blanks and just started going. And ever since, uh, doing I've just always, always tried to make them better. Always tried to innovate. And until I stop making rods, I won't stop trying to tweak and and, and make them better along the way.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, constant improvement, man. And it's awesome. That huge.
1: Well, and in rod building, there's just there's so many small tips and tricks where even now. I see a builder who's been building for 40 years and it's like, that makes so much sense. Why haven't I, you know, why haven't I been doing that? And it's, it's just, there, there's so much knowledge and just like most fishing communities are rod building. A lot of the guys are willing to share their secrets and their tips. And uh, there's just so many good rod builders out there to, to give out the, you know, the information that, that we all need basically.
0: See, and I was just thinking of asking you how secretive the uh, the rod building guild is, you know, on the back channels there, how, how quiet y'all are if it's a, an open forum. Well, that's really cool that you guys share information, though.
1: Yeah, I, I think it used to be, you know, pretty hush-hush on certain things. Um, a lot of the old rod builders, are they want it to stay alive. Um, it's kind of what I've seen in the community. They really want rod building to to be around so they're they're there's a few things that they're just not giving up just yet um but they want the new generation to really do well and uh i think the main thing with rod builders is we want our clients to get a good build you know we we don't want i don't want someone to not take a build from me because it's too much or it's too long of a wait and go to somebody else who's just gonna do it cheap and fast and, and get a you know a bad build. I'd rather help that person give that client a really good build and, and a good experience in the in the fishing industry. Nice
0: man. I mean it doesn't get much better than that getting that custom rod and it's all perfect because you absolutely That would hurt the soul
1: <laughs> and it happens. <laughs> You know, it, oh, I'm sure. it 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 definitely happens, and uh, but I think I think your your main rod builders, you know, the guys that do it for a living, we don't want to. I I would rather you wait an extra week if I needed to do something than you get a rod and you not like it or it breaks or you know I have to redo it. So so it's it it's all about just making sure everything is right. If I want to fish it, I'm not going to send it out to somebody either.
0: Speaking of these, I'm going to shout your most recent build because, of course, he's my friend. But um, Matt Baker with Beach Buzz, you just made him a beautiful rod. Um, Tell us about it because the the pictures, you got to see it in person, really, everybody. If you get a chance, if you're in the area, and if Matt has the rod out, go see it. It's a beautiful rod. Frisky did a hell of a job with it. Uh, But tell us about that process of building that rod. And then we'll get back into the actual, like, you know, the actual question since now I'm off topic.
1: <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, so th- there's a backstory to that. So actually Matt Baker, uh, my wife, she, she loves to go to forts and she loves to go to all military things. And, and we weren't allowed to get on to uh, a base. So he actually had his father take, it was, I think it was his, his wedding anniversary. Yep. Took me and my wife to, to Pensacola, uh, air base. And we got to see everything and, so kind of as a thank you, um, I wanted to build him a rod. So he kind of gave me a few ideas. Um, you know, we went back and forth for a few days, and he asked if I could put the, I believe it's the Naval Aviation Wings on there, and um, I found some small stickers, some, some different decals, and um, I really wanted to make the rod special, so I went out and had it painted uh, the same blue as the uh, Blue Angels. So that that's the kind of the theme of the rod was he wanted something to represent Pensacola, and uh, so we went with a like a navy blue, and a yellow, um, and it I think it's an almost perfect match to the to the Blue Angels colors, and then that decal that that was the hardest part was finding that decal I think I ordered I ordered probably eighty dollars worth of decal you know I just, I needed the right size the right color, and it I think it matched almost perfect. Oh, yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. very happy very happy with that one.
0: Yeah, it, it's a beautiful rod. You, you did an amazing job with it. Yeah, you did the wings perfectly. Yeah, I, I remember I was looking, I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> Everything about this, yes. So, so I, I know he's. It,
1: it turned out really well.
0: I asked him, are you going to fish it? He's like, oh. And I was like, man, you got to fish it. it. It's a work of art. I get it, but it's going to be the lucky rod. going to be the 20 inch pompano rod
1: you know there there's rods that i always say that they're they're hard to give away where you know i I start building one and i have a vision of what i want i (laughs) i can kind of i can kind of see it in my head and and when i actually get it on the rod and you know there's ones that are really hard to give away and, and that one was that was obviously it was a gift and uh very appreciative for you know for him helping me and my wife out and but that one that one looked good. You know that, that that definitely could have been a part of my arsenal.
0: You say good. I say work of art. Come on, man. I can understand falling I in love with that it. baby right there. That that would be a hard one to be like, just take good care of her. Remember. I her. appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. How did you end up deciding on what blank to use? Because I know you use Ninja Tackle uh, blanks, the dagger yeah. blanks. What, what brought you to, that's the blank I want?
1: Uh, so as far as the dealing with Ninja Tackle, we've just become really good friends. And, and I, I love the blanks. Um, he spent years um, doing research and design and really coming up with, with what I consider one of the premier blanks uh, in the industry. But there's not a lot of them. Um, that there's, there's, It's a very, very small market. surf fishing blanks i mean honestly there's if you want a seven foot inshore rod i have 30 different options i can give you and and they're all very small minute differences but in the surf rod industry there's really not a lot of options um so i've just i've fallen in love with the blank and, and i push it to my customers i don't get a kickback from ninja tackle or anything i just i believe in their product um they are a little, a little on the heavy side um, as far as action. That that 12 foot rod will handle anything from bull reds to pompano. Um, but if he wanted, there is another option out there. There's a couple options for a much lighter action. But I just, I, I don't think there's a better all around blank than the Ninja Tackle Dagger, 11 foot, 12 foot. I, I just love them. Um, And I'll I'll go over options with the customer. You know, this is what you can get from this company, and this is what I can get you from this company. And we just decided that that was the best option for what he needed.
0: You're damn right, though, man. I mean, he has a hell of a rod. I have, well, I have two now, I guess I could say, because my other one's shipping. (laughs) So I finally have two daggers because I've finally grown up out of my starter rod series and realized, hey, I can actually fish. I guess I should buy some different gear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I I now have two, and I have one nine-footer, and the nine-footer has just blown me up when it comes to being, throwing lures real quick. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, you you couldn't ask for a better set, and Matt did a hell of a job, because I I can't wait. We're going to do a podcast on Matt. Um, I'm going to corner him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and he knows i'm gonna corner him um, yep. but yeah you're right it, it's a phenomenal rod all around i've seen i mean hell i guess almost every species in the surf so far caught on it and yeah. it just takes it all day it's not it no, doesn't I've, hate it
1: absolutely I, i've taken my 12 footer you know my custom you know custom built and I, i've been able to throw five-ounce Sputniks and and catch, you know, good Pompano, and then we've also taken it down to Mobile Bay and caught those door, you know, those uh, uh, car-sized stingrays out there, too. Same rod, you know, completely different application, just changed out the reels, obviously, you know, threw some heavier line on it, but they they function for pretty much anything that you could catch in the surf. You know, I wouldn't say you want to go out and catch a 10-foot, you know, tiger shark or anything on it, but Anything that you can basically catch from 150 yards off the beach, it'll handle it, no problem.
0: Yep, absolutely. What is the process in designing a rod?
1: Um, it's a lot of what the customer wants. Um, I'm actually doing one right now where I've had a, a customer send me over a, a, a pitcher, actually, and um, of multiple different color it's kind of like a like a like an oil painting almost and they're wanting me to match that as close as possible on a rod and it's so you just go back and forth on kind of what the the biggest thing is is color um color plays a big you know there's certain colors that go really well together there's certain colors that don't go well together um we could do we could talk about this for hours but it's if you want a lightweight blank if you want heavier grips it's it's really what the customer wants and then i kind of reel them in um (laughs) on no pun no pun intended um, yeah um if you have a general idea of what you want i can really help you um you know get through that process but there's a lot of times where my customers just say i love what you do i trust you i like red build me a rod um and those are the funnest builds to me because i get to have no rods ever the same even though the wrap might be similar the the thread counts are different the you know the the small dragon scales are going to be a little bigger little they're all a little different um so that that's i really enjoy that the freedom of of those builds as well
0: dude you're an artist you know that I try. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I have yet I've yet to see a rod come from you that isn't an automatic stop and the first word is ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well I don't pose them all though.
0: So. <laughs> oh I know. i so I've had a few years around me. I, you know, you were very, very generous and still thank you to this day for hooking up Panhandle Surf Fishing for our when we got to ten thousand members um and you hooked us up with a rod and yeah. I got it. And um, Alan Blake, he won it, and we were talking on the phone, and I was joking with him. I was like, oh, man, your rod just fell off the car. I, I, I <laughs> don't know what happened. I'm so sorry. And he kind of paused, and he just laughed. He's like, I swear, wherever it is, I will come get it. I don't care.
1: <laughs> well, funny story. That happens a lot when I ship them. They just randomly fall off the map and sometimes take 20 or 30 days to get there. But. <sighs> yeah. I mean, they've that, always gotten there so far. That
0: process is already, I mean, I, I can only imagine how terrifying and gut wrenching it is putting it in that PVC and just doing the, please make it, please. Make you
1: it. you are, you are not joking. There, there are some days where actually the rod that I had shipped to get painted for uh beach bus, it, it took over 40 days for it to arrive Um. And I had filed a complaint and everything. You know, I was already getting my money back, and then it just randomly showed up at the guy's house who was painting <laughs> the blank for me. Yeah. I, I had already sent him a second replacement and everything. So it's it there, there's some there's some miscommunication somewhere. Well, but,
0: it doesn't for us. So this is something I found out with my local post office. Um, I had a rod shipped to me. Um, it was the winning rod from Burford. He sent me the Akios rod, and I kept getting notifications. Hey, it's here. We couldn't deliver it. And I'm like, what do you mean mm-hmm. you can't deliver it? Uh, and I'm thankfully on a first-name basis with my mail carrier. He's an awesome guy. He does really good stuff. Uh, finally, I was home one day early enough, and I was like, bro, what's going on with my rod? And he's like, oh, hey, man, I'll be honest with you. I can't get that thing to fit in the truck.
1: <laughs>
0: and I was like, well. You could have left a note or something, you know, I'd have come gone, yeah. he's like, well, you know, I'm like, look, it's cool, Um, I guess I'll figure, he's like, don't worry about it, I'll make sure it gets here tomorrow, I promise, and he did, he got it to me the next day, so yeah. when Matt sent me my dagger, um, I was following the, note. I was watching the notifications, and I saw it had arrived in Navarre, so I drove to the post office, and <laughs> I was like, this package is here because uh, I, I knew I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to be told, hey, it's delayed. And I walked in, and uh, again, I know several of the people at the counter. I don't know how this happened, but I know most of the people at the counter. And Dwayne looked at me, and he's like, you got a rod here. And I was like, you know! Where is it? He's like, I'll go get it. And I, I took yeah. it home. So I've I've come to that point now when it comes to a rod. If I'm tracking it, if it makes it to the carrier facility local, I'm going to it. Because want. I, I, I'm impatient. But I know Fitting those tubes in those trucks, that is a challenge for them.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. It's terrifying, too. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. How long does it take to make a rod? Um, And I know that's kind of a broad question. So once you have the idea sketched, everything's good to go, and you're about to put it, you've got the blank laid down, ready to go. What is about the normal time frame, would you say?
1: So rod building is about waiting. So uh, days, probably six days, uh, five to six days um, from the time that I start my glue up to the time that I will wrap it in bubble wrap, it's probably about five to six days. But as far as hours go, eight, uh, maybe 10 hours total. Um, A lot of the time in those five or six days is just is waiting for things to dry. You have to let your epoxy, you know, your your real seat epoxy, that's got to dry for 24 hours. So I put it on in the morning, throw in the garage, go back in the next day. I can do the wrap and the guides usually in a day. Um, and then a coat of epoxy, and it's got to dry for 12 to 24 hours. And then another coat of epoxy, and it's got to dry. So there's, there's a lot of go and wait, is kind of what, what I always say. But probably about eight hours total um, of work time. And. Five to six days of of waiting for things to dry. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> well, I do multiple at a time. You you know usually it, I usually do two rods at a time is kind of my kind of my thing. And then um, when they're on the dryer, then I can start another one. So um, yeah, I'm I'm constantly going. I'm I'm booked out about three months You're pretty constantly right now. So uh, there there's a lot of waiting, unfortunately.
0: That's nah, just part of
1: it, you know you. you...
0: Can't expect it from one person to be like, "Oh, hey, where's my rod in a week?" I mean, you yeah, you can get a rod in a week, you're not gonna like
1: it. Oh, well, and, and you're not gonna get it from me. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Are you making other rods, um, other than surf rods?
1: Oh yeah, um, anything under eight feet, um, I I just can't. As far as ship, we're just talking about shipping. Shipping any, a rod over eight feet is just a absolute nightmare. Um, pricing i mean it's in the hundreds of dollars to ship anything um, real long but what I normally do is, is I take orders um, throughout the winter and or you know throughout, throughout the summer when I know i'm going to make a trip within a couple months and I build uh, king rods um, inshore rods I just built a really cool, sheepshead uh, kayak sheepshead rod specifically for sean lawless of lawless tide oh, he just got it oh yeah it's it's painted in a sheepshead uh, black and white kind of checkerboard almost and um shorter butt for in the kayak a little more maneuverable he wanted a shorter rod so he could get in the you know next to the pilings and um if you can dream it i can probably do it i i kind of stay away from the really heavy tuna rods and swordfish. That's not my, that's not my genre. Um, I'm not familiar on how to fish that way. So I don't, I can't really recommend a good blank. If somebody says, I want this blank and these guides and I can, then I'll do it um and i don't do fly fishing rods it's it's not a again i have never fly fished i have no idea what a the good you know good action or grip length is and so anything inshore boat rods pier rods surf rods bass rods trout rods i'm your guy dang man so.
0: and Sean, Sean had mentioned something about that rod and i just looked at him in awe you
1: smart <laughs> man how <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> it's a nice one. Yeah, he actually picked out the grips for it, um, and that was one of those where a little less is more. Um, you know, we talked about the paint job. It, it's from a guy in Florida. He he does amazing paint jobs on rods, and the paint job is so nice, and the the grips are kind of over the top. And so I, I just did a very simple black and I think I did black and gray, kind of like a, a very light gray to match the rod and um, very simple wrap, very minimal, lightweight, functional, but it looked amazing on that blank. Oh.
0: I'm already looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> I, know <laughs> he'll he show you. I know he is. I know he is because, dude, Sean, Sean you, you know it as well as anyone. If you follow Sean's channel on the Lawless Tide, you know Sean is a hes a beast. He won't tell you he is. He's, he's very humble about it, but the man can fish, and he was crushing sheep's head this year. Yeah, it, it was it was insane. But hearing he's gonna have that rod for next year, uh, man, it, the videos are gonna be great because he's really gonna get after it. Yeah, no, it, it's a great looking rod. So let's transition into your rigs. Okay. Why did you start making rigs?
1: Uh the availability. When I first started getting into surf fishing, we we normally. We've been coming down to Gulf Shores for years uh, since the new pier was built, which I think is eight, nine, maybe even 10 years ago now. We've been coming down here. And the surf fishing industry wasn't what it is now. Um, there was uh, one, maybe two surf rig makers, uh, Salty. You know, Salty's rigs were just starting to come around when, when we were really getting heavy into, into surf fishing. And I wanted something a little bit different. My rigs are different than his, Um, the lengths of the drops, the, just everything's just a little bit different. And and that's what I like. And that's what I preferred and what caught fish for me. Um, And then I left a corporate job that I'd had for a long time. And my wife was said, Hey, you've always wanted to do some fishing stuff why don't you start doing the rigs like you've been talking about? And six months later, we were down in Florida selling our first uh, first round of rigs. to I think it was golf breeze, bait, and tackle, actually. Uh, sold, a, sold a bunch of rigs and actually sold them a couple rods, and it was a heck of a way to start it. Yeah. I,
0: I mean, I'd say. <laughs> Didn't set the bar high at all there. Okay. Well, um, yeah. even uh, with that – Well, now that I see it, it it is that time. Oh, yeah. Second bait check. I'm hoping whoever you are, if you're out fishing, oh, oh, it sounds so good. I hope you caught your limit by now, and you're probably listening to this on the car on the way home, or you're really close to your limit. That's even better. Well, kind of painful, but. Either way, the second bait check today is brought to you by Gomexis. Uh, Gomexis knobs, power knobs, they are great. I've got them on pretty much every one of my rods now, or on my reels now, now that I think about it. Uh, If you're looking to get your hands on one, go to Gomexis, their main website, and we have a discount code. It's SURF, S-U-R-F. Putting that in, you'll get a discount, a 10% discount on Gomexis knobs. Great product, good fun stuff. So you got them into the bait and tackle shop. So you started Gulf Breeze Bait and Tackle. What goes into your thoughts into the de, um, into the designs for your rigs?
1: Um. So I personally uh, like a smaller drop. Um, for me, I, I I don't get the the spin. Um, a lot of the rigs when I first started making my own rigs, even before I, I went uh commercial with them i did a little bit longer drop and they seem to spin a lot when they were reeling in or casting in the wind so i went with a little bit shorter drop um i mainly wholesale three colors i do a chartreuse a pink and white and kind of an orange and chartreuse and i think that gives you the best options for watercolor um to have a little bit of an array for clear water murky water and dirty water um and really just making a rig that worked for me that i caught a lot of fish on that i thought other people could get behind and uh catch fish with and and it's just it's taken off a hundredfold it's bigger than i've ever imagined it would be so it's been a it's been a journey
0: Oh, yeah, I can imagine, especially with all the seasonal changes too. You know, all the colors, it, and even the way things have changed in technology. That it it's different than like a year ago. I I hate to say that, but I definitely know it is a full difference from a year ago.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and there and there's a few of us that you know we keep trying to innovate and we keep trying to do different colors and uh, different float styles and and obviously I just released uh, publicly. I just released that rattle rig, you know, a couple days ago and just there, there's just something about trying to make something that'll help a, a fisherman. Um I've always wanted to try something with a rattle. I've always, wa- you know, sound is always good putting beads next to the floats. They they clank around a little bit. Um so I said why not put a rattle in a rattle in a pompano float. And 6 months later, we have a rattle in a, and a float. That thing's gonna be dangerous. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so too. Uh,
0: I'm, I mean, I'm not saying it's tied up yet. You know, no, <laughs> I, actually, it is. I did tie it up. That I tied it up last night. Now that I think about yeah. it, I did tie it up. Oh man, yeah, because that's happening this week. Do yeah. you, Do you think that the drop length matters?
1: Um. So if you think about the, I, I think people overthink a lot of things. As far as for the fish, if you are if you're casting 100 yards and you're you have a 10 foot rod, that angle on the line is almost straight down when you have uh, when there's bait on it. But by the time it hits the bottom, your Sputnik or your sink or your pyramid sticks, and you put a little tightness in it, it doesn't matter if you have a 24 inch loop or a six inch loop. I think it's going to be almost near the bottom anyway. Um, I think a little bit longer loop gives you a little more motion in uh, the current and a little bit choppier water. But for me, the downside was the spinning, uh, getting that line tangled around the, you know, my main line or it coming back and uh, the hook being turned inside out or. um, So that's why I personally like a shorter loop, but I don't. I'm sure it does at, in very clear water, and when fish are being like extremely finicky. But 99% of the time, I honestly don't think it does. Honestly. Okay. Right. See people, <laughs>
0: you've got freedom right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure there. I'm sure I can already see. You know, there's 20 people on their keyboard right now that I don't know what I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. but it's, I've caught thousands of fish i've i know the rigs have caught thousands of fish It's i really i don't think it's enough to to worry about it if there is if there is a difference
0: yeah
1: i buy that yeah.
0: well, so what is your thought on and this is the one where the you know the people that are already touching on the keyboard they're really going to hit the keyboard now <laughs> what is your thought on hook direction you remember this when this came up because I remember that post and I was like, ooh, this is going to get fun.
1: It's amazing. That that, that was such a great post. So, I am no expert. I am, uh, I didn't design the hooks. I don't know the science behind it. I have, again, caught thousands of pompano, thousands of whiting, thousands of you know fish along the lines of, with the hook the way that i put them on i've tested them the other way i've sent them to people i've never had an increase or decrease in hookups or misses um with the hook the other direction i i think i see how it looks when it when it's turned inwards or you know quote unquote the proper way Um, but I don't think it makes a difference. And, and what I tell people is, let me put my rig in your hand, close it like you would on the, on, if you're a fish's mouth and let me yank, let me yank the hook out of your hand because it's going to hook you, you know, either way, it's going to hook you, whether or not the hook is faced in, faced out, it's going to stick you at some point. I I promise you, if you let me do it a hundred times, I guarantee you, I'm going to hook you 95 times. Um, so i don't think it makes a difference there's a lot of commercial fishermen who will fight you over it that it has to go one direction and then there's a lot of commercial fishermen that say it doesn't matter so i think it's more of a i've been doing it my whole life this way i've seen all my friends do it this way and that's what you feel is comfortable and that's that's the way they're going to do it and that's great you know do whatever makes you feel comfortable and whatever whatever you have Confidence in that's the way I want you to put your hook on the line.
0: There you go. All right, we'll get away from that now. (laughs) I knew when I sent you that one, I wanted to be—I wanted to ask you off the side, like, (laughs) what you think? Because that was the one I figured you'd be like, "Oh, come on, dude, really? You want to ask that one?"
1: (laughs) I get, you know, we—I get it every couple days. You know, there's some, you know, can you do? And and if you message me, and you know, if you buy rigs off me, you know, retail through the website, and you want me to put the hooks the other way. I'll turn them around for you. I have no problem doing it. But as far as wholesale goes, they're going on the way they are.
0: Yeah. hey, <laughs> Do your things. All right. So, so passing that one, let's talk the bottom of the rig. Um, and I learned a very, very important lesson from Salty on this. So this is why okay. this question is so important. Um, what size sinker maximum do you recommend for your rigs?
1: Oh, 20-pound fluoro. Um personally I throw a three ounce, um, four ounce is fine. I would recommend not going above a five if you are not or above a four if you are not a uh proficient caster. You can cast the guys from Ninja Tackle were casting seven and eight ounce sput- or uh, pyramids on my rigs two days ago. But they they know how to cast it and they were easily casting. Eight ounce uh, weights. I wouldn't go above a four if you're not somebody who uh, knows how to cast and um, yeah, nothing above a four.
0: Yep, because that's what I tell people too. Normally, it's all right if it's twenty. The the I guess the first rule of thumb I heard was if it's uh, twenty pound, two ounce; thirty pound, three ounce. But yeah. as time went on, because that's what happened, I snapped a salty rig when I was first started, and I texted him like, "Why'd you rig snap, man?" And <laughs> <laughs> and he was he was quite nice about it, which, which was friendly. Um, and I, I definitely deserved for him to reach to the phone and punch me in the face. Um, <laughs> but that that was when I start with, learned about more about these, and I wanted to ask you about that because I know a lot of people, you know, they walk in and like, "Oh, what do we? What are you throwing?" and Especially new people, you know, you pump into a seasoned angler, and they're "Well, I mean, I, I, I throw fives Like, "Oh, okay, so I can throw a five you know, and then it snaps, and they're angry, and then they're like, "The, the rig
1: failed." It's like, "No, yep. science, you're putting too much Absolutely. weight." In. So, okay, so yeah, four you five. know, and this weekend, you know, that's all I was thrown was four and five ounce, four and five ounce sputniks and you know, you just can't you know, whip the rock. You know, there's just a different technique when you're throwing uh you know, they they do seminars on casting and, and proper ways of, and if you know how to do that, you can throw a five, six, seven ounce on twenty on twenty pound test, but I recommend three three is perfect. I mean I, I've never ever worried about snapping anything with three three ounces, but four ounce would, would be the maximum. I, I would really recommend.
0: Good call, man. So yeah. What else are you creating right now?
1: Ooh, that's <laughs> a good one.
0: <laughs> no secrets. Right? I mean, I'm not probing. I'm
1: not probing at all. <laughs> oh, I don't. I, I am. I am not one of those people. If somebody ever asked me, I, I would tell them. Obviously, we just came out with the Rattle Rig. I, I think that's a. I think that's going to be the new thing. Um, we spent a lot of time getting that right. I mean, it's a whole process of. You know, they're molding a, a special float inside of the float that I use. And um, we went with a couple of my more popular colors. But next down the road, there, there might be a new uh, pompano jig that uh, is designed to, let's call, agitate the water or, and the sand when it's jigging um there's a new there we are working on a new design for that and there might soon maybe next season maybe next spring uh there might be a a retail style rod that we might try to release as well um kind of like the ninja dagger and the uh, over the bar you know just something that we can get out to the masses and you don't have to wait Three, four, five months for, for me to build you a custom one. Still high quality, great components, but just a little more, a uh, little easier to get. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, like I said earlier, this has been a journey, and it's, uh, you know, every day it's, it, it, it's amazing. It's eye opening of, of what we've been able to do in just such a short time. So it's, we love it. There's nothing I'd rather be doing right now. makes me happy for you so much i gotta gush on that all anyway
0: i gotta gotta keep doing what is your next goal
1: next goal is to hire uh some people i am actually i have reached during this trip i i've always been able to just work 16 hours a day seven days a week some days working 18 hours a day um just around the clock tying rigs pouring jigs i've been able to keep up and this this year i have finally hit that point to where we are big enough and selling so many rigs that i i finally have to hire some people to tie rigs um uh, that's my next goal is to get a couple full-time part-time rig tires and. Uh, just keep producing at a high quality, uh, and at a high rate, but maybe me not work 18 hours a day, (laughs) seven (laughs) days a week for months at a time. Uh, you know, they, they, they said, uh, open a business that'll be fun. And, you know, it's, it's great, but there, there's a lot of sleepless nights that I stay up and tie rig so that everybody, all my shops can get them on time. Mm Mm-hmm
0: when you said that that was the first thing i thought is hey open your own job you know you're working from 40 hours a week to working 24 7 it's called, it's
1: gonna be great well you know they, i can only go so fast you know I on a good day i'm tying 350 rigs a day uh you know on a normal day 275 300 so there's only so many order you know i just i just got an order from one of my bigger shops maybe three weeks ago that i've started to send smaller batches for eight, 1800 rigs um, so even if I sat down and tied them all day, would be, that's like eight days, you know, of doing nothing but tying rigs straight, no rods, no jigs, no nothing. So, um, and that's just one of over, uh, tw- I think we have 26 shops right now. So it's just one of 26 shops and it's, it's getting, it's getting there. So we are, we are looking for some people. If you know anybody that wants to tie rigs and doesn't mind working on a, a little commission, send them my way.
0: Yeah, oh, here you go. Oh, by the way, everybody's hiring. <laughs> we'll we'll figure out a way to get you to send in your uh, your your resume and hopes. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. That's so cool, man. What do you um, think is behind the surge to surf fishing?
1: Ooh. That would more than likely be Mr. Bama Beach Bum mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um I think I think YouTube in general Uh, has helped a lot. But I think in this area, Matt Isabel from, you know, Bama Beach Bum, I think that his influence has been amazing. Um, We started, you know, like kind of got into it or, you know, we used to come down and fish the pier and, my wife had a couple interactions where she didn't feel comfortable on the pier and I didn't really like being around certain people and she kind of wanted to, to get away from people. So that's how we started surf fishing. But I started watching Bama salt or uh, uh, Bama beach bum. You know, I've ne- I have used to surf fish in South Florida but I've never fished the golf uh, from the beach. So watching him getting on the beach, that's been a, a big factor I think for a lot of people. Um, and then over the last couple of years, I think with, with the virus, I won't say the, the name, we'll call it the virus, <laughs> I I think I think a lot of people were stuck inside, and I think a lot of people watched a lot of the YouTube guys in this area, and, and they saw how much fun they were having. Because a lot of people, when you're on the beach, I'm sure you, you've had it, well, what are you even catching on the, you know, can you even catch fish from the beach? And it's like absolutely there's yeah. 40 inch Reds, you know and it's they just don't know so with with the time that they spend inside and the amount of people in this area doing youtube i think it was just a a perfect storm um i really do and, it, and it's been great my my first year even last year you know we've every year we double we double in sales and this year it just kind of it was like Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh! I hate that moment sometimes. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'd open my, I'd open my email and see my orders and just go, ooh,
0: ooh
1: okay, okay, I see what you guys are doing. Pot of so coffee, it
0: is. Let's go. Yeah,
1: but it, but it's been great, and and I think a lot of the fishermen have responded really well. Um, there's still a lot of people that are learning, and I think just being patient and. It goes back to why I go on the surf where I go. I try to get away from people, but if someone sets up next to me and, you know, I can help them enjoy their experience instead of yelling at them or, you know, giving them mean looks or, you know, I, I want everybody to enjoy their time on the beach. And I think that's, we all have that responsibility. Yeah, you're a good dude. I try. <laughs> yeah. All right, your
0: last question it's the heaviest hitting one All right. not really it's probably one of the easiest ones. <laughs> what do you wish a new angler would do before they ever put a line in the water?
1: Ooh so that is, it is a little a little hard it is. Um, I think two things I really wish a new angler, would go to the beach and just observe. Um, see, how that's, that's what I did when I learned how to peer fish. Um, just see what we're doing, ask questions. Um, kind of notice that people are spacing themselves 25 yards away from each other. Um, I think that there's a lot of, I, I just don't think a lot of the new anglers understand kind of the unwritten rules of fishing um they go on a beach and they see you know you tony and smitty obviously you guys are friends so you pack in together and i think that they just think that it might be okay you know to kind of set up right next to you guys or uh you know just kind of get in your space or something along those lines but i really wish they would just go to the beach kind of watch what everybody's doing take notes you know just ask questions i I think all of us will answer almost any question that a new person has I, i think we all kind of enjoy it actually you know pass on that knowledge yep um and then the other thing that i would really ask is learn your rules and regulations there's nothing that gets me going than seeing someone keeping small pompano or two bull red you know or three bull reds or um something along those lines, and, and it's our responsibility. Rules and regulations change pretty frequently. You know, they shut down seasons just out of nowhere, and it's our job as anglers, even a new angler, to know the rules. Um, if we break the rules, it's our fault. It's not the FWC or the Alabama resources, it's, it's us. Um, and it makes us all look bad in the long run. Um, you know the officers don't know that they've only been fishing for three weeks. <laughs> you yeah. know, it just it, it kind of makes us all look a little irresponsible. um So those those would really be the two things. Just kind of take your time, learn learn what you're doing before you just start going out and bombing three ounce lead weights into the water, and just make sure you're in the right whenever you're out there as well. A really good resource I use for that, and I've said it in other podcasts. I'll say it again, and
0: they're. They're not sponsoring the show yet, um, but I am going to reach out to them. Uh, fish Rules. The app is wonderful for that because it keeps you, um, it, it hones in on your GPS location. And if you're in those zones, it'll tell you you know what fish you can keep, what you can not if the season's open, the season's closed. It gives you a lot of really good and particular information that you do have to identify the fish. That is very important. Um, they yep. do have a feature for that though now, which I found out about not too long ago. They, for a fee, they will tell you what fish it is. Um, huh. So that way, you don't have to go into too many Facebook groups and hear the words, which I utterly hate. Freaking snook candy, bro. We don't even have yep. snook up here. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I, I use I use Fish Rules. I mean, it, it it's on my phone. It's on the home screen. I I use it all. You know, because going and it's it's not as much. Alabama, but I don't fish Florida a whole lot. And since we are so close, you know, I mean, there there could be a day where I just I drive 15 minutes to the east and I'm in a completely different fishery. Yeah. Um. And it is, and I I don't fish year round. Um. I'm sure when I'm down here full time, it'll be completely different. But I I mean I know flounder season was closed. You know, it was a weird year, and sea trout was closed in certain spots, and that's all that's all on fish rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that one. There was a couple of crazy ones. Um, I mean, just across state line, you couldn't do this, but if you came to Florida, you were fine.
1: Absolutely. Oh, man. Well, you know, and different lengths of Pompano, you and limits. And, you know, there's yep. somebody who might get a you know, they might fish Florida and go over to Perdido Key or, you know, go over the bridge and, you know, then they're they're in they're in the wrong. You know, they're keeping six fish instead of three and they're they're too short. So you you just gotta be you gotta you gotta know what you're doing, and and I really I really think that's a big thing because it makes it more enjoyable for everybody. Nobody wants to get a ticket. Nobody wants to get harassed, you nope. know, by the the state park people and the you know FWC. And it it just it it'll make it so much better for everybody involved.
0: And they really don't like writing tickets, which I didn't realize until I had a great conversation. I didn't get the ticket in the conversation on that. Well, no, I got a warning, but that was because I was driving. Anyway. Absolutely. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. That that's all I had. Um, did I leave anything out? Is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: No. Um, I mean, I think we we got most of it. The only thing that I, I'd add is uh, we are going live after two and a half years with a website, um, friskyfins.com. What? I know. We we I've just always not needed it, honestly. Um, But we are, we're carrying a bunch of really good product. We're going to start carrying the Ninja Tackle uh, 11 foot, 12 foot, you know, a couple different models of their rods. We're carrying sword knives. Um, We'll have all of my rigs, sheep's head jigs, pompano jigs, shirts, cups, you name it. We're going to, it's going to be a a good one, but that goes live uh, May 1st. So go check us out and if you need some order, if you need some rigs or jigs, place an order with me. That's awesome, brother. Congratulations. Thank you. It's 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 about time. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna say that. It's your business, but it, it it may definitely makes things a little easier. I just I just got the look from my wife. She's sitting next to me reading a book and she, she's been telling me from day one to have a website and we finally finally did it. So
0: it's funny how like you know, I know we're kinda of rambling here, but when it comes down to the way our wives and they look at us like just do it I'm like "Ah, well just do it already
1: but mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> look fine you were right okay i'm just gonna say it now you were right fine
1: that's, well you know that that's not my thing you know i built vision tackle i don't know how to do websites so we had to find the right designer and the right people and, and they've they've been great They've, i mean it's fully fully designed by somebody and uh it's it's amazing the things that they can do but yeah, we're we're up and live, and again, you know, we're gonna carry ninja tackle. We're gonna carry uh, sword knives. We we got a bunch of bunch of really cool things going on there as well.
0: Great stuff, brother. Well, congratulations again, and thank you for coming on and I mean spending all this time with me and everyone here. It was uh, beyond knowledgeable and educational on all aspects of. So really, seriously, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: All right, man. We'll catch up soon. I know we will. All right, thank you. Yeah, man. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. Frisky Fins. James Pemberton just came on, gave you a ton of knowledge. Um, uh, my notes are. Wow, I-, I have them all over the place here. Uh, I'm definitely got a lot to write about. So, if you are looking for any of his gear, uh, and it is past May first, which this episode should be after May first. Uh, you can go to friskyfins.com, and you can peruse the website. And you can purchase all the things on there and get yourself set up for success. If you're looking to connect, you can find him on all social media platforms, Facebook, Insta, it's Frisky Fins. And if you got questions, reach out. Uh, he's very responsive. And if you're looking for a new rod, you heard his process, and you heard all about how he does all this, you can really come up with a great design. So don't wait on that. Get after it and have some fun. Alright, that's it for today. Thank you so much for hanging out here at Finding Demo Surfishing. We really enjoy uh, I, l- I mean how we <laughs> me and my other voice. <laughs> I enjoy you being here. I'm hopeful that you got something out of this. If you did please don't forget, like, share, subscribe pass this to somebody that you know could probably use some good knowledge or doesn't know much about surfishing yet but they're interested. Until next time, take good care of yourselves hope you're catching lots of good fish and we will see you. I'm out of here. <laughs>